Welcome to the Emetophobia Podcast. Before I start this episode, I just want to say that there is a humongous trigger warning in this episode. Um, this is going to be a story about something that happened to me once when I was living at my old house and uh, somebody came over and some stuff happened. So, that being said, before I start this episode, if you have some very strong emetophobia and it's really bothering you today, this might not be the episode for you. But if you want a little bit of exposure therapy and to hear about a story that happened to me when I was full-blown in the middle of my emetophobia, uh, this is the episode for you. So uh, yeah, I'll give you a couple seconds to uh, switch episodes if you don't want to listen to this one. But uh, other than that, we'll get right into it. So it all started. I was at uh, my old place. I used to live with a really terrible guy that ended up uh, being the reason that my emetophobia started in the first place with the food poisoning and all that kind of stuff. I was living at his house. And uh, we had a buddy, um, kind of a bigger guy. Uh, we'll, we'll call him uh, call him Keeg. As fuck, his name is Keeg, and I don't think he cares. I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this podcast, whatever. But uh, so he was on probation at the time, and uh, he was smoking a lot of spice. And I don't know if you know what spice is. It's like a synthetic cannabis. Really, really, really terrible for you. Uh, it sends people into seizures and makes you very sick. And it's just not a good uh, thing to use. So uh, what happened was we ended up hitting him up that night. And we're like, hey, man, you want to come over, uh, hang out? And I had some of that uh, spice uh, myself because I was on probation before and I just had a bunch left over and I was kind of like giving it to him to do random things for me like if I needed something from the store I'd have him ride his bike down and give him like a gram of that stuff for it whatever um, I think the statue of limitations are got my back on this one this was a long time ago so uh, but so this particular night he came over we were all kind of just chilling bullshit and hanging out at the house uh, back then I was like you know, hiding in the house, emetophobia, full-blown, couldn't talk to anybody, do anything really, but I had a couple buddies that we used to hang out with, and this was like our little thing, we'd hang out and play board games, or like play a video game or something, and just chill, so that night, we're all hanging out, and uh, Keegan comes over, and like I said, he's on probation, so he has to be home at a certain time, and like all this shit, this was just uh, a, a random weird night, where he usually doesn't come over like on the weekdays, but he did this day, so... We're hanging out. I think we were playing Mortal Kombat at that time. I, like, it's such a vivid memory for me because it was so traumatic. Um, and, like, before we go on any further, this is a huge trigger warning. So, I, I warned you guys. So, if you get sick or you freak out about this episode, I warned you. So, we, uh, we're all hanging out in the back. And Keegan's like, yo, you got any more of that spice, man? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? I got you. Uh, what can you do? I was like, go do my dishes. Or I was, I always made him do something. I never just gave it to him for free because I was like, I'm not just, I'm not gonna let you get this shit for free from me. So I said, go do my dishes, and uh, if you get them done, I'll give you a gram or whatever you can smoke. And he's like, all right, man. So he does my dishes, and uh, he went back in the back room. He he ended up filling up his little bong with it, smoking, whatever, chilling out. And then after that, we went out back out, started playing video games again, and everything was fine. We're just chilling, and. Me being me with emetophobia, you're and anybody else who has it, usually you're more concerned about everybody else in the room than you are yourself. And so I was extremely concerned about people who were high around me, even on weed, like anything, because there's always that chance. And I had a couple people come over and they smoked with us, like cannabis related stuff, and they got very nauseous. One guy actually went outside and, and uh, got sick. And it was there's some situations like that where it was very traumatic. This in this story in particular, though, is the most traumatic story I've ever uh, experienced in my entire life as far as uh, 
my emetophobia goes. So he ends up smoking some more, whatever. We're just chilling. Normal last night. There's not really a lot going on. I think we end up going outside for a walk and coming back. So it gets a little later in the night, and it's like 8 o'clock at this point. He came over like 4 or whatever. So it's about 8 o'clock. He has to be home at 9 p.m. And he lives in the We were living in a trailer park. He lived in the same trailer park as us. And so I take him to the back room. I'm like, yo, you want to smoke again? Whatever you can. And so I gave him a little bit more. And he packed his whole bong. And me being the idiot that I am, I'm like, dude, I bet you can't fucking hit that whole bong at once. Like take the whole bowl in, you know. He's like, yeah, right. I fucking totally can. So I walk back there with him. And at this point, I'm like comfortable. Everything's okay. Like I'm not, the emetophobia is still there, but it's not like making me freak out or have panic attacks. I'm just chilling with a buddy and whatever. And we get to talking and he's like, all right, I'm going to rip it. So he rips an entire bowl of this spice out of a bong. And all of a sudden his eyes roll in the back of his head. And here's your trigger warning right here. He then proceeds to stand up. He passes out on the floor, which I know that's another thing for us. I don't know why, but people that pass out in front of me, it freaks me the fuck out. And then he gets up, starts running to the bathroom to throw up, and starts projectile vomiting all over my entire house. Carpeting, and the kitchen, and the bathroom, and all over his clothes, and everywhere. Absolutely everywhere you could think that it would have gone, it went there. And luckily, he ate a bunch of sausage something soup or some shit before he came over. So there's just chunks of sausage. There is soup all over the floor. There is just, it is a crime scene in my house. And me being me, I instantly go into fucking fight or flight mode. I run outside. I'm like, no, 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 fuck that. And I start freaking out and freaking out. And I have to go walk around the block a couple times. And like, I just don't even know what's happening. I'm like, I don't care if he dies. I just, I can't be in there right now. Like this is the worst experience of my life. So eventually like 20 minutes passes, I, I'm like, and you know, like that feeling when you have to walk into a house and you know, like there's some sort of thing that's going to trigger your emetophobia and it's making you freak the fuck out. It was hard to even open the door. I just couldn't even get myself to pull the door open to get inside. And I walk in and I'm expecting it to be cleaned up for some reason. And it's all still there. Keegan's in the back bathroom, freaking the fuck out, like cold sweats. She's still dry heaving into the toilet. And so I know he's got to be home at nine. It's like eight 40. It's like super close. And if he's, if he's late for being home, his dad, like will call the cops and shit. Like he's like super strict guy. And I'm like, Keegan, dude, like you got to figure something out, homie. And it's like December. It's cold as hell outside. I'm like, you need to figure out how to get out of my house. I was like, you fucked up and you need to get out of here now. Like, this is a big deal. Your dad's going to fucking freak out. I need you to leave now. Like, this is not funny. It's not cool. I'm freaking out. I'm going to have like, I'm going to die. Like literally I felt like I was going to die. So I walk back there. I give him a pair of shorts. And this is a big guy. He's like 300 pounds. He's a big dude. So I give him some like whatever sweatpants or something I could find to give him to put on to wear. And he ends up just hightailing it. I'm like, you good dude? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, you passed out, bro. Like, are you really good? Like that was scary, man. Like I, I don't know what's going on with you, but this is not cool. And I don't know what the hell to do right now. I feel like I should do something, but I just like, I don't know what to do for you, dude. Are you cool? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So he puts on his pants. He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't clean this up right now. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you're going to clean some of it up, dude. So he gets out there with a paper towel, starts cleaning up like the chunks out of the carpet and stuff. And, uh, 
he ends up hightailing it out of the house. Then he's like, I got to get home in like 10 minutes. I'm so, I'll, I'll clean everything up tomorrow. Okay. And I'm just like, that does not work for me, dude. But all right, whatever. Like, we'll, we'll I'll figure something out. You come back tomorrow. I, I don't even want to see him. Like, he's just this negative thought in my mind now. I don't know if I can ever even talk to the guy. And I don't think I still have ever talked to that guy since that day. So I'm having the worst panic attack, exponential, exponential crisis of my life. I can't think straight. I'm going into these like almost wanting to pass out feelings and it is the worst time I've ever had. And then my roommate comes up to me and he says, so, uh, you're going to clean all this shit up, right? I'm like, what do you mean? No, I'm not cleaning this up. I'm, I gotta, dude, I can't deal with puke. That's like, you know, this I'm, I'm like, I got a metaphobia at the time. I didn't know I even had a metaphobia though. So it was like, I knew I was afraid of throwing up and it was really scary, but I didn't realize that I had a full blown metaphobia. That's kind of what I, I realized is I have a metaphobia. So, um, I'm freaking out. I'm like, how do I clean this up? I don't even know what to clean it up with. I don't, I've never cleaned up puke before. It's like, I, it was so terrifying. So my roommate's like, yeah, you're, you're going to clean that up. It's your fault that he did that. You gave him that shit. And that's why he threw up. And I'm like, oh, you, I guess you're right. Like, I couldn't really argue on that one. You know, it's like, I did do that and it's my fault. So I get in there, I grab the vacuum. We have like a shop vac. So I end up shop vacuuming all of the like liquids up as much as I can. And mind you, I mean, I'm taking breaks every five seconds. I'm like getting a little bit in the vacuum. I'm like, I got to go calm down. I got to, I'm feeling so sick. I got to go calm down like every five seconds. Um, I'm, and if you made it this far in this story, you guys are troopers. Like this is, this is the kind of stuff you need to listen to if you have a metaphobia, because this is the kind of stuff that's going to make you more comfortable with it over time. And to realize that people throw up sometimes, dude, there's nothing you can do about that. And if I would have known mindfulness back then, I probably would have practiced that a lot more. I would have sat in my room for a minute, meditated, calmed myself down been like, Hey, it's okay. It's, he's not sick. He just threw up because of the, the, or the, uh, spice. It's not your fault. It's okay. Like I would have calmed myself down, but I didn't have that kind of, uh, backbone back then. So what I ended up doing is I just grabbed a sponge and a bucket of water and I grabbed some paper towels and I spent a good two or three hours. Just, I spent how much, like how angry I was. I put that into cleaning up this throw up and I just tried to put uh, headphones in listen to music, close my eyes as much as possible when I was doing it. Uh, and then I would take the water, go dump it outside and then come back inside, refill the, and I was just a trooper about it. Like I did it. I sat there and I did it. And that was something that really put me on a whole nother level in my emetophobia um, situation to be like, you know, in such a scary, terrible, terrifying situation and then still do what I didn't want to do. You know, I had to do it. I know I couldn't just leave the whole house covered in puke all everywhere. It, it just, it, you can't do that. It's like, it's your house and it would make it so that I wouldn't even be able to go in the living room. Like I had to clean it up. It's, it, and it, it kind of turned into like this game for me. Like I did that same thing I preached before. I did it one step at a time. I said, well, I'll, I'll just clean up this little area here. And then if I still feel sick at the end of it, I'll go to the next. And it makes you kind of not have the obligation to do so much stuff at once. You can kind of take it and break it into little parts and uh, get it done in, in a, a sh- um, uh, kind of shorter amounts of time so that you can really prepare yourself for the next step of the situation. So, uh, yeah, that's what I did. I ended up cleaning it all up and it took me a good, like two or three hours. I got it all cleaned up. And, uh, after that I was exhausted because I've been shaking, like shaking so much that my abs were on fire. Like it was just the panic attacks were excruciating and I couldn't get them to stop. But at the same time, I was so focused on getting the house clean and uh, making sure everything was good to go that I just kind of didn't have time for the emetophobia at the time. Because I was like, the faster I get this cleaned up, the faster I can get over with this and just be done with it. And I can focus back on myself again and calming myself down and not having this panic attack. 
And so everything was cleaned up. What? It, oh, the other little uh, addition to this story is in the middle of me cleaning up all this puke, Keegan's dad shows up on my front porch. Where the fuck's my son? I haven't seen him in two hours. I don't know where he's at. Where's he at? He said he came, was coming over here. I don't know where he's at. Where is he? I'm like, dude, I don't know. He left a while ago. I have no idea. I, I don't have time for you. And I just shut the door in his face. I was like, sorry, dude. I don't want to do this to you, but boom, shut your door. Have a good one. Like, I don't have time for this right now. I can't deal with any more stress at the moment. I just need to figure out what I'm going to do right now. So that was just a little side note. But Keegan was ended up being okay. He just, he was fine. He just, uh, he had a, like a little overdose on spice and just didn't know how to handle it. And he threw up everywhere and it was just terrible. So for the next probably two or three months up until like the last couple of years, I mean, especially the, the next week or two after that, it's all I could think about. I just replayed the noises and the, the, the visuals and everything that happened that night. I just replayed them over and over and over again in my head and just made myself into this terribly uh, panic attack ridden person for the next three weeks. And eventually it's got, it got easier. It got a little bit more like acceptable. And I said, you know, it's okay though. Like he did what he did. It happened. I, there's nothing I can do about it now. It's just, it happened. I don't know why I keep thinking about it. And it, I, I, it's just such a weird thing where some people are different. Some people can't handle this. They would have fucking lost their mind. And, and I did lose my mind, but some people wouldn't have been able to even clean it up or do anything like that. But I think the act of me cleaning it up and, and taking my my problem that I was dealing with and facing it head on instead of just running in my room and hiding away from it all. It really changed my life that day. And it, it, it was hard, dude. I'm not going to lie. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life. But I came out on top and I realized, and I told myself, you know, you're alive, dude. Like nothing happened. You're not even sick. You're fine. Like you didn't get sick. You didn't, nothing happened to you. You didn't even get like, I thought I was going to be way worse than I was. And I think just the fact that I was so focused on getting it cleaned up that it just kind of made the emetophobia go away for a little bit. And it helped me to practice my mindfulness without even knowing it and being in the moment of thinking, well, I'm just right now, nothing else matters, but cleaning up this little square foot of carpet. That's it. Nothing else in my life matters at all, but that, and it kind of made the, the, the puke into like a, non-existent thing. It was just like, I'm just cleaning. I'm just cleaning something up. That's it. It doesn't need to be like, it doesn't need to be this negative thing in my head. I'm just cleaning something up. And I just, I kind of justified it. And when I started to justify it and, and make it into a, a learning experience versus a traumatic experience, it's really started to change my mindset on the whole thing. And nowadays I can think about that right now. I mean, I can, I can picture that all in my head right now. And I get a little frog in my throat still. It's a little like nerve wracking to think about still, but I'm okay. It just doesn't change me at all. And I just, it is what it is. You know, I can't do anything about it now. And I'm the kind of guy that if, if I have something that's bothering me, I, I just, I face it. You know, I, I, I go head on into stuff and I say, Hey, it bothered me before it, it was something that happened and there's nothing I can do now. So why do I need to keep letting it get to me all the time? It's nothing that I can do. Like there's just, there's literally nothing I can do about it. So why do I keep letting it affect me? And after the, the course of a couple of years, I mean, it just kind of went away. It was like, I, I, didn't push it out of my mind, but it wasn't something that was a prominent thing to think about anymore. It was like, you know, that's something that happened in the past and it's not something I can deal with now. So I, I practiced my mindfulness and I, I kept going forward. And the moral of this story is don't run away from your problems. Cause if you run away from your problems, they just get worse. I wouldn't have been able to think about it the same way if I would have ran away to my room and never dealt with it. I probably would have made him come back the next day, clean all his shit up. And I would have still been in the same exact position I was before it all happened. But after it all happened three weeks later, it takes, I mean, I know it takes time. It's not an instant thing. It takes a lot of time with emetophobia, but I was a better person. I felt better. I was like, dude, 
I went through the most traumatic shit I could ever think of and I'm still alive and I'm still here and I'm still kicking. I'm, I'm just fine. Like I'm, I'm okay. And to have that realization really uh, started to change my mindset. So that's the story for today. Um, I, I, if you made it to this part, I'm so fucking proud of you guys. Like if you can go through a story like that and listen to the things I just talked about, you're on your, your road to recovery from emetophobia. Cause this is the exposure therapy that you need to get into your life a little bit. And, uh, and realize that even though bad things happen like this, you will come out on top and you will be okay. And this is coming from a guy who dealt with emetophobia for eight years. So if I can do it, you can do it. I promise you. So if you guys want to check out the podcast or the, uh, Instagram, it's over on The Emetophobia Podcast. Uh, email is theemetophobiapodcast at gmail.com. The Facebook page, I believe, is called Emetophobia Community. Um, you'll see uh, me and my girlfriend on the uh, thing, and you'll see the Emetophobia Podcast logo in the, the title or the whatever, the background photo there. So, uh, yeah, all that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Drink your water. Also, try not to eat some mints today. Try to see how long you can go without having a mint. You might need one after this episode. I I totally understand, but see how long you can go. I hope you guys have a great day and uh, stay safe out there. Peace out.